0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of A Hoops Journey. This is going to be a great one with Danny Lankford. Um, yeah, she works with the Golden State Warriors. What can you say? But there's more to it. Um, there's a story. There's a path. There's hard work, determination, self-doubt. Uh, being a woman, having a battle, kind of being married and having kids and struggle, being away from home. There's lots to this episode and I know you're going to love it. I just wanted to give you guys a shout out and say, thank you. Thank you for following the the show. Thank you for staying with us. It really does mean so much to me and my son Carl, our new producer, uh, who's a grad of 2007 from the school that I work at. And um, he had the unfortunate of being coached by me. And he's a great dude and been, um, you know, working and editing podcasts for a long time now. And so we're thrilled that he was able to step in and take the rollover for corbs i know everybody loved their corbs um, and we're looking forward to also having corbs get on for an episode and just chat with him and talk about why he left and and what his life is taking and get to know carl carl's the most introverted person you'll ever meet but i will make sure that he says at least uh 50 words you're gonna enjoy this episode don't forget like and subscribe but this one is not about like subscribe and share it's about you the listeners If you've listened to an episode or shared one, or if you're one of the people that consistently message us and say thanks, or, hey, that was great, or here's what you should do, we appreciate you, we see you, we're thankful for you, we're grateful for you. Um, We know that we've had people that literally have listened to all 108 or 7 episodes that we've had, um, and that is mind-blowing to us, and we appreciate you. So, enjoy this one. Danny is... It's crazy. Her story's nuts, man. Um, Where she's gone, what she's done, success at every single level, and then gets to wake up every day working with the Golden State Warriors is something you won't hear very often. Enjoy it and much love. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to A Hoop's Journey. To say that this episode has taken a while to connect uh, would be an understatement, but the timing is right. Both our partners are away traveling. Um, It's a Saturday night. (laughs) That's what life has come to, recording a podcast. Um, We've got laundry in the background in one room. (laughs) Um, We just finished watching Heat Celtics game six.
1: That was a
0: great Absolutely wild. Um, Where do I begin with this story? Um, We've had her dad on the podcast. She is a provincial champion, an MVP, a national champion, an MVP of the national championship game on an undefeated team that also was in the Basketball BC Hall of Fame um, and has now got a phenomenal career um, working with the Golden State Warriors and there's going to be so many angles and ways to take this today. Um, and you can probably appreciate if you know anything about an NBA life and juggling that also as a mom and a wife, that it takes time to find time to sit down with some guy and talk basketball. But we are so privileged to have Miss Langford with us today. How are you?
2: I'm it's doing been a- great. Thank it's you. been a how long time
0: coming. You even you even Instagrammed, video called me after you were at the White House. That's how big time you are. To apologize about not being able to get the podcast. That's <laughs> that's your life. How you doing?
1: Uh, I'm doing great. I'm I've had a little bit of downtime, um, and and it's been go 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 for two years. So mm-hmm. thank you very much for having me on. And again, I apologize for. The delay in the back and forth and making this happen. But now we're making it happen, which is great. We are.
0: We are. And it's our pleasure. And just quickly, a quick perspective, going from first year and like winning the title, which is like my God, and then seeing the expectations and those things and obviously not reaching, you know, every team wants to win the championship and not being able to get there. Um what are your personal reflections on it? Um obviously your in term your your job is huge in terms of keeping the guys healthy, making sure that they're ready to go, giving the yes or no whatever that is, but what a crazy 730 days you've had involved. I mean it's not the exact number, but being involved with the warriors, it's pretty crazy, hey?
1: Definitely. I think and and I'm very aware that in your first year in the NBA having the opportunity to work for a franchise like the Warriors is an incredible opportunity and to step into the legacy that's, that's continuing and that exists is a very special thing. So, so I don't take for granted the fact that we did win in my first year and this year had its ups and its downs, um, but it was still incredible in its own ways as well. And mm-hmm. so for me, it's a lot around who I work with, my colleagues, that includes the coaches, that includes medical staff, that includes the players. Um, so those, those connections and those relationships are still there, whether there's wins or losses. And mm. so it was still um, an incredible year where I continue to learn an absolute ton in my second year. And I look forward to my third year next year.
0: Awesome and how's our guy Jemma? Jemma's great. Love that guy.
1: Jemma's great. We, uh, last year on my my first day there, we we said hi and introduced. I hadn't met him yet, okay. but we knew so many common people. Um, mm-hmm. That through playing kind of tandem at UBC, and then through the Raptors and different people, and so <laughs> gave him a hug, and we're like, we basically know each other through other people. So, <laughs> uh, but Jem is great. It's been great to connect with him and and be able to work alongside him for sure.
0: Awesome, and like you said at the start here, like, I mean, we we're laughing about how long it's been, but I mean, we've said this on the show many times. Like, it's I'm a teacher, a coach, and a dad. You have a full time job. You're a wife and a mom, and so trying to find time and space to sit down with people and 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 do this is, is hard. So we laugh about that. But how has it been? I mean, you never want the season to end early, but you've been able to, you know, like we said offline here, you're like, I had a really good sleep last night. Like you're recovering and recuperating and getting to be with the people that mean the most to you. So that must at least be nice, hey?
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's last year was go after, I mean... Mm-hmm. The parade was on the 23rd or 24th of June. And then I came back up to Vancouver and moved the family down. Um, So, so there was, and then we started back up again. And then we were in Japan, we were in Tokyo to start the season. Mm -hmm. So it's been go, go, go. Um, And the last 10 days or so, I've definitely had some time, some downtime. Um, And I feel like I've been doing a lot of writing, to Mm -hmm. be honest, um, to try to get thoughts out, to reflect, to... Hmm kind of process a little bit everything that's been happening both career-wise and as a mom and as a wife and and so trying to to organize some thoughts around all of that now that there's more time to think I think
0: Have you always journaled?
1: I have. Um yeah, yeah I really. I do a lot. I I now and sporadically I'm not going to say like every day yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. but I try to take snapshots of either significant events that happen or or just check in moments. Um, I don't reread my journal a ton, I would say, to be honest, it's more of a, a download, I think. Um, and I'll, I'll sometimes I'll reread it, but, but that, I don't think that's as much of the purpose. It's more of kind of getting ideas out and, and downloading.
0: And do you feel like that's just more of like a emotional mental thing? Like I've just, in the last couple of years I've started to meditate and things like that. And I've found it very like comforting and good. And even if it's five minutes, is that just sort of a it's off the chest and now you've got a clear mind kind of thing. Just I'm intrigued. I think it's great. I just am terrible at writing and reading. And it's, so when I hear someone that likes it, 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 it piques my interest. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: I think it's evolved from just ideas to sometimes <laughs> I mind map and web like I, <laughs> Um, my mind likes to create, yeah, Mm -hmm. my mind likes to create, whether it's programming and, and we'll kind of get into probably some of that stuff later, but, Mm -hmm. um, I just have a lot of ideas that flow. And so, um, yeah, sometimes I'll mind map, sometimes I'll write lists of, of ideas and, um, yeah, I don't, I do, I enjoy it and, and it is, like I said, it is a a download piece, Mm -hmm. but, um, but it, it helps make me feel a little bit lighter and maybe a little bit more organized.
0: Mm-hmm. The hamster wheel.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Very tired. Hey, yeah. Well, let's get right into it. Thanks for being with us. You've got a uh, uncle who has refereed for a long time, long enough that I believe I was in high school and still in college that he was refereeing. You have another uncle who just won a provincial championship, which is phenomenal. Um, And very cool and well-deserved and they've been working so hard. And then obviously the connection with your dad. um, And so you come from a bit of a basketball family. Um, Just talk about your experience as a young person, you know, growing up, what life was like and why basketball, maybe you didn't have a choice, maybe you did, but how it sort of started to come into your life and, and why you love the game.
1: So my dad coached when I was born. So I was born as a coach's daughter. Um, and Don't say grew- the
0: year. Don't say the year. It's <laughs> <fine>.
1: <laughs> and I grew up in a gym um, mm-hmm. a lot, crawling around with the basketball. And there's lots of pictures of me um, rolling around with a ball and crawling around the ground. <laughs> um, most of our family trips were team road trips going to different places. So even though I was an only child, I never really felt lonely or didn't really feel like I was an only child. Um, I felt like I had twelve to fifteen sisters, older sisters constantly. I love that um so, yeah, I, I have fond fond memories of the gym and and it was always me asking to go, I believe. um so so. When people say like, were you forced or did you have to go? There was none of that. Um, It was always me asking to go and it was, it was a happy place. Like you said, a lot of my family was often there. um, So it's kind of where I felt like I belonged. Mm -hmm. Um, And those were the young days of just being on the sidelines. I used to shoot hoops on those chin up bars that, that
0: yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. Side. So yeah. I used
1: to shoot hoops on those before I could.
0: Very easy way to get hoop. buckets too. It's very wide, you know, it's like lots of success on those things. Yeah,
1: exactly. Exactly. So I used to, <laughs> used to do that dribble on the sidelines, slide around in my socks. Um, that was kind of how I grew up for sure. So um, when I was in, in elementary school, I, I played lots of different sports though. I did, I did volleyball. I did cross country. I did track. I did handball. Um, did basketball, obviously. Um, so I did do a wide range of sports when I was younger um, mm-hmm. and had exposure to all of that. But I spent a lot of time in a basketball gym, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you just drop handball on us?
1: Handball's great. Low-key, great sport. It's the same as basketball, really. One of it's my like favorite sports, sports to teach in PE. Yeah.
0: It's yeah, great. It's, it's so good.
2: <laughs> Love yeah, it. I loved it.
0: That's awesome. And then... Um, so obviously, you know, like well, very early 2000s, literally 2000, you know, you're you're playing high school ball, you're with a program that's pretty developed. You have some great years like talk about sort of your high school experience. Um your love for the game and kind of just when you thought like I mean, maybe it was even earlier that you thought like this is something I want to do after high school as well, but talk about those experiences and and I mean, the people that you were around were phenomenal. I mean, so blessed and yeah, just awesome. Yeah.
1: I think um, my dad did a really good job. Like I used to, instead of going trick-or-treating, I would go up to Halloween games and I, (laughs) my dad would trick-or-treat up the mountain in Burnaby. We'd stop at a couple of the townhouses and then we'd go watch an SFU game. So I had the opportunity to see Andrea Schneider was a huge mentor of mine, Michelle Hendry. So So I watched all of them. So I had that visual very young um, of playing university basketball. Um, And for me, things probably got more serious. Like in in grade eight, I actually went to Moat in grade eight. Um, I was in French version and uh, we had five five coaches, daughters on that team and went undefeated in grade eight. Now (laughs) um, they didn't have provincials or anything back then, but. Um, I don't think they had provincials. Anyways, we went undefeated where however far we could make Fraser Valleys or whatnot. Yeah. Um, but that was a great group of of girlfriends and a great group of of kids. Um, but I left there in grade nine um to go join Heritage Park where my dad was. Um and obviously mm-hmm. Teresa, who was like my big sister then, um, was at Heritage, along with Mike Miller, Mike McNeil um was there, Frank Chan, my dad. So so there was definitely, as we know, a definite basketball hub mm. um, and a wonderful culture, which I don't think I knew at the, at the time, like when you're in it, you don't know any difference. You just go to the gym, you do what you do. We would mm. wake up at, I think we would wake up at like five fifteen to be there for six o'clock and the bell rang at eight, something like that. So we'd be there for an hour and a half every day, all year long before, Mm-hmm. Um, before school started, we'd have Sunday morning open gyms, which ended up being like four hours of Teresa just wouldn't let us leave the gym really. So we, <laughs> we'd play an hour <laughs> of, of scrimmage guys and girls. Then we play California kickball. Then we played volleyball. Then we'd cycle back again. And then we play another couple hours of, of scrimmaging, just live play. Um, so I think it was, it, it was, it was very special. Um, and back it was when a,
0: life was easy, man definitely yeah <laughs>
1: yeah and it was a special it was a very special environment um and i don't again you don't appreciate it when it's just what you do day to day um mm. but it was fun it was enjoyable um it was productive we were we were focused and got stuff done um but we all wanted to be there um so it was a first exposure to to a good environment good culture and a winning culture of what it kind of takes to win so mm-hmm um, that was high school for me. And as we know, Kim Smith, Julia Wilson, um, Katy Fuse, uh, Sarah Stroh, Lisa Sigerts, and all that crew followed after me. Like I was between Teresa and that younger crew that then also won high school championships and stuff after, after I left. So
0: mm-hmm. nowadays it's like, um, if you want to have a bunch of kids playing kickball in the gym, you need like 40 pages of, uh, waiver forms and all this BS, right? Like it's, don't take that for granted, like it's so different now, like I'm a high school, I mean, but I open the gym a lot and just let the kids run around too. But it's very rare where that happens anymore. like it's just not a regular situation for people, you know,
1: yeah, that's
0: and sad it's, sucks it's
1: sad it is sad mm-hmm. and and it was, like I said, organically, like we played with the guys, we played with our coaches, like Miller Chan, like Mike McNeil used to play with us, like no way. Uh, Yeah, we got to guard them and oh, it was it was outstanding. Um, It was it was very special. I'm I'm very fortunate for it. We all um, I don't know if my dad talked about actually, I think he did about Shibumi um, Mm -hmm. on the podcast when I listened to it. And and that was a big piece of what everybody played with and strived under. And so we all had a common common language, common goals and common etiquette of how we kind of ran our lives, really.
0: I loved your dad's episode, by the way, what a character. I was like, this is awesome. Cause I like brief interactions with him before. Right. But just to get to know him a little bit more and the things that he said about sort of just, um, kind of being talking about being uncomfortable and in situations and recruiting, like sometimes, you know, I'd made maybe someone would make assumptions that he's crusty or like not a nice guy, but it's like, I just felt, I, I thought his episode was really great. And it was cool to connect with him and learn more about him. Cause I thought it was, it was awesome. And I could see like, just the character behind, you know, like the the little themes and things are awesome. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Yeah, great guy.
1: You did you did a great job of of letting him tell his story, as you've done with mm. many people. Mm. Um, and and yeah, because he's he's got a lot lot of layers to him, um, mm-hmm. and very different upbringing than I had and whatnot, as well as you know, with the moving and everything. So mm-hmm. um, yes, you did a very good job of, of letting him kind of share that.
0: Oh, thanks. He also uh, went from um, his laptop to his iPad because we, the wifi, yeah, we had some technical things too. It was awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah. But he did better than most, you know, most, most people in his genre of age, like we've had some struggles. He did really well. So, you know, you know, he knows what's up.
1: He's a tech guy for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, okay. So tell me more like uh, the provincials, like how does all that work? Was anything but SFU a thought? Like, was there someone else? Like, how do you figure out what you're going to do? You know, I mean, you're brushing past all this like success. And, but you were, and it's kind of weird now, too, when you think about it. Like, what is Heritage Park? Is it, did they combine with some of this another school, right? No, nope?
1: that I'm aware of. No, yeah. I, I think it's still, unless it's still there, become a middle school. Mm, right. I should probably know the answer to that, but I don't.
0: That's okay. I should probably <laughs> too, but I don't either. So. <laughs> Um, w- was there anybody other than SFU? No.
1: Well, nobody really recruited me. Jokingly, like say less for <laughs> I real. Remember, like Uvic, Like come would on, my dad, and would say and and would say like, is there a point? Like, should we try to talk to her? Okay. Like, because like that's fair. Mike and Allison were really like Allison was like my surrogate mom at that stage, really like as well. Like I was around the gym, and they were great to me throughout throughout my career.
0: Let's and, talk let's talk about Allison and why she won't get on the podcast for one, but let's talk about her, like the mentorship. Like, let's dive into that. I think she's phenomenal. Um, would love to get her on. She's already told me she doesn't have a story to tell. And I'm like, are you kidding me? But anyways, yeah. That's not true. <laughs> like, right? But just talk about that. Like, I mean, now you realize it, but you probably didn't realize how spoiled you were walking into those gyms, like literally have Allison McNeil, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was very fortunate cause I had, I had Mike McNeil as well. So yeah. especially when I went and, and I knew them um, far before I went to heritage park. Um, but it, I, I was fortunate. I would have, Allison would come and recruit and check out other players. Um, mm-hmm. But I felt so comfortable that I'd go up and chat with her each day. Like, I don't see that as a barrier. And, and when you first kind of said that, it just kind of dawned on me in this moment, to be honest, that even when I was young, like a lot of people probably would have been scared to go up and talk to Allison, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't. Um, And she was very kind to me and provided a ton of opportunities. Um, And, and I am grateful for it. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and I did, I, I, whether it was at basketball camps and, and I got to know the SFU players from that and, and, that created a possibility and a vision of my head of what I wanted to do and where I wanted to play. So there probably wasn't a question. (laughs) I went up, I went up for my recruiting visit with Allison. We went for lunch at the diamond club and she went to kind of propose (laughs) what the offer was. And I was like, "Okay, so like, when do I sign? And she's like, Oh, you've decided. And I was like, of course I've decided. What are we talking about? (laughs) Um, So so no, I, I always had the vision um mm-hmm. of it and and things altered and changed from the vision of what I thought because when I signed we were NAI. Um and then by the time it was August, I got a call from Allison saying we switched to the CIS and so um so things shifted from where the league I thought I was gonna be playing in. Um mm-hmm. and and then again the story evolves. But but yes, as a young kid growing up, that was an incredible um Mentor to have and and somebody looking out for me for sure.
0: I remember my dad taking me up to watch Michelle and Andrea, like, and the gym was packed. Don't get it twisted. Like, it it was loaded in there for some of those games, those big games. Like, great atmosphere. Yeah. I'll never forget my dad. He always loves singing the national anthem, like, really loud, and I get so embarrassed. But then (laughs) I looked around and I'm like, there's lots of people in here. Maybe they won't hear him, but he just had a really (laughs) loud voice. But, um, Okay. So you've touched on it. Like you, what a weird, interesting time that you had at SFU, right? Going from what you think is going to be American competition, going down, you know, Western and all those schools, Lewis and Clark To Okay. Now we're CIS, which is now you, you sport, but, uh, did that change anything for you? Was it just like, I'm committed and I'm in and and let's go for it. And then talk about your time there. And, um, I mean, obviously, lots of success and great years for sure.
1: Yeah, we had some surprises for sure. I,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think I think anytime like coming in as a rookie, um I sprained my ankle on our first no, sorry, our last scrimmage before our first practice. Mm. I was I was on crutches for 2 weeks and I was out for 3 months. So, you're living by yourself You're on crutches like that's a today on the hill all the way to residence. That's a far walk on crutches. It is. Oh, yeah, that's deep. Yeah, we just (laughs) we just had our induction ceremony a couple um, to the Burnaby Hall of Fame, and I I flew back up to see some of the girls, and Devin Campbell was there, and she's like, "Do you remember the time when when you were when you sprained your ankle and you pivoted on your crutches and you slipped and your cereal went all over the floor and you just sat on the ground and you just <laughs> and you just started crying?" crying. <laughs> and I was like, "I do, I remember that very well, actually." Um, so that wasn't how I wanted to start my rookie year by any means. Yeah. Um and then there was challenges we had a very tough schedule. Um even if we had to try to make playoffs they wouldn't let us host a playoff game. Um, everyone was kind of out to get us um in mm. the Canadian league for sure having just come over from the American league. So um there was lots of ups and downs in that in that first year for sure. Um and then it was a surprise to all of us that Allison ended up leaving and going to um Oregon and and helping out Bev. So um that year, in the summer, actually, that summer, I played the last year of U19s for the yeah. Canada Summer Games. So um, fun. And that's one of my fondest memories, like that start of that summer. So that would have been, I guess, 2001, I want to say, the summer of, or yeah, something like that. Um that was an important summer because um, that helped revitalize some things for sure. Um, after coming off that first year a little bit. Um, and one of my favorite memories is BC playing against Ontario in Ontario and winning gold. Um, and cause they had all sorts, they had Shona Thorburn, they had, they had a bunch of girls. I don't remember everyone's names to be honest, but that, that were down playing in the States and there wasn't a ton of Canadians back then that necessarily like from BC that didn't, we had Ashley Burke um, that had gone down, but. I Darcy was down there I think um Darcy wasn't on that team sorry she was on the year before anyways we didn't have very many at all and they had a -hmm. a bunch and people that were involved in the national team programs. so they were this was the first year I think that they gathered them all to play and us beating them was outstanding it felt really good
0: (laughs) it always felt good to beat Ontario for sure yeah (laughs) 100 percent If you're a basketball player out there in the Lower Mainland or uh, BC in general, and you're looking for somewhere to play, we have a proud sponsor and that's PGC Hoops. You can find them at pgchoops.ca. And the thing that makes them unique and that we're proud to sponsor them and them be a sponsor of us is it's a true nonprofit basketball organization found in the east side of Vancouver. The mission is cost-effective elite basketball for all. Find the website, take a look, register your kids, register yourself, look for the programs. And if you have any questions, reach out to me and we can contact you with the right people. This is a good program for the right reasons. We appreciate you, PGC Basketball. U19 was so cool. I, I loved it too. Like as a player, it was fun. Just um, and the competition was high, right? Like you're talking about you, people that have had a year, right? It was, it was good. Yeah, I, I wish they still had it. Um, I think they do, like a U18. I don't know. It's all confusing now with club and everything. But uh,
1: that's a piece I feel like that's a bit of a shame that's been lost. Like before, mm-hmm. it was. It was the best players in the province would go represent their province, and it was an honor. Like it was. Mm-hmm it was incredible to do and um i think club is, has obviously made that more of a challenge these days um and and they don't have canadian like all the sports and everything at that level either like like mm-hmm. i think rugby back then was like i don't know u23 or something like it was it was good right. competition and good sport within canada for sure so
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was kind of special to be a part of the last year of that um as well
0: where was that do you remember
1: lun in london I think it was in london ontario
0: oh so you beat ontario in ontario
1: in ontario exactly yes even it was better. loud as can be even awful. better yes <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm pretty sure it was london ontario i think it was mcmaster's in london right the mcmaster's hamilton oh hamilton where what's in what what's in universe what's london
0: uh well here we go windsor um, Oh, I should you sound know. like arrogant West Coasters now.
1: I know. Um, well, Stu Julius, where does Stu Julius? Where did he coach? Laurier is
0: Laur- Laurie, Wilford Laurier.
1: I think that's in London, potentially. We might need to edit out this whole piece, by the way.
2: <laughs> Love it.
0: Awesome. Um, all right. So after that U19 year, you know, uh, moving forward, things get even weirder, but uh, lots of success um lots of great teams like you said sorry i said i think i said basketball bc hall of fame i mean if you're not in there already it should be more than burnaby come on now we had like 35 and 0
1: yeah we had two yeah. teams that were that we were that were 35 and 0 my yeah. second year and then my fifth year um at sfu yeah, yeah.
0: and then how many losses in between those other years
1: <laughs> so, well so second year was undefeated third year we were undefeated until the semis like jessica kazoka's year so we were undefeated until the semis so i, I don't love know these names that was 35 and zero. that would have been like 33 ish in a row so we would have been in the 80s of consecutive wins i want to say fourth year we can skip that year and then the fifth year
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: why why we want to skip that year no i'm just kidding um because you so asked
1: about all- wins and there wasn't as many wins in that year as the other years.
0: Well, that's okay. Um, it is.
1: Building and learning and those yeah. are what creates the adversity of that year helped to get us prepared for the next year and create the hunger for the next year. So you're you're 100% right. Um, but yeah, the fourth year was a little bit more of a challenge
2: for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. And so say more about it. Like uh, you're in your fourth, fifth year. Things are going well. Are you thinking like, I want to play pro ball. I want to move on with school. I don't know what the heck to do with my life. What's your thought process? Or are you just enjoying university life and kicking ass and taking numbers?
1: No, Um, I knew that I... <laughs> hamster connected. wheel had already planned life.
0: <laughs> so up till 40 yeah. at this point. We'll yeah, I knew the... every day of my life. And, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I knew when I was about... I don't know, 10 or 11, probably something like that, that I wanted to be a physio.
0: Okay. Um, we've chatted so. a little, we've chatted a little bit, but uh, it's all making sense here now. Holy smokes. <laughs> why? Okay. So why 10 and 11? Ooh.
1: I just got exposed to like, so I, when I played, um, I went to see a physio named Greg Bay at Abbotsford. Um, he's amazing. Um, he's still a mentor. I still call him to this day and he still has time for me. Um, mm-hmm. And he's the reason why I wanted to become a physio. So he wow. let me continue doing what I, my passion and what I wanted to do. And I wanted to do that for other people. Um, my parents, not, not awesome. necessarily my parents, but a lot of people, sorry, wanted me to become a coach. Everyone wanted me to, to pick up after my dad um, mm-hmm. and... I knew that if I ever wanted to coach my kids, I could still do that, but I can't do physio on the side. So I wanted to <laughs> go to school for that first um, and then go from there. So once I was done my fifth year, um, I had thought I was retired um, and I I was going to help assistant coach my dad while we kind of figured stuff out. But um, Stu Julius actually convinced me to try to, to try out for the university games, um, fichu games team. They were playing in Izmir in Turkey. So he got me to come out for like the open tryout or whatnot. Um, and then I ended up going um, and making that, um, to, which was an incredible experience. I'm very happy that he convinced me to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then once of I was the,
0: done, any guests that were on the FISU have said really good things about it, like they had a really good time and enjoyed it. And it yeah. was incredible. It yeah.
1: was it was very cool. Um,
0: mm-hmm. The opening
1: ceremonies in there and just wearing the Canadian flag. Like, yeah, it was it was very, very cool. Awesome. Um, So then after that, that's when I was like, okay, no, now I'm retiring. Now I'm done. (laughs) Um, And so then I was assistant coaching for my dad. um, But we knew that I wanted to do physio schools, So we started to look into some of them. I went to UBC to go um, chat with their academic advisor. They said that there's 35 spots um, for physiotherapy at that point. I came back to my dad's office. I started crying and saying I'm never going to be a physio. I, I was a hard worker, um, but I didn't have grades. They basically ranked your grades and they didn't really talk to you and see who you were as a person. It was just a number. So annoying. And there was no way that I was getting an interview. So mm. I was in tears and he said, oh, yeah, you'll be a physio. He's like, just not close, apparently. So we went <laughs> and we looked at different schools Curtin. and <laughs> Curtin University came up. <laughs> it was in Perth, Sorry, Australia. Just,
0: like sounds like your dad yeah yeah it,
1: no he was very yeah. factual about it and yeah. but as we looked at it he we found curtain and it sounded like me to a t and so we curtain? said well, where's curtain yeah he's like where's curtain and we looked it up and it was in perth australia as far oh. as we could possibly get away <laughs> um which wasn't good i i went home in the summer i'm an only child my dad coached like i had not been away from yeah. family at all i did laundry on the weekends yeah. <laughs> um so
0: Oh really when you yeah you would go home? Hey, yeah. Oh
1: yeah. I'd have Sunday yeah. dinner like I yeah. I wasn't far. Um so yeah, Australia was far. And then when I looked into it though, I found out how good of a school it was and how there was a Canadian link that people would go to it. Um yeah. and and it was an incredible school, so I found out the due date for the application was in like 4 days. So we basically walked over to the registrar, my dad and I right there, got my application done, put everything in, mailed it off, found out a month later that I was moving to Australia and that I got in and I was moving to Australia two months after that. So that's when that adventure started in Australia.
0: Holy smokes. Mm -hmm. No, okay. We have to pause for a second. I just want to know, like, how was it playing for your dad? Like, what was that relationship like? What was, you know, how did that go?
1: I think it probably starts off or this, this shares a little bit of it. um, If I share, so my dad wasn't going to apply for the job at SFU. um, Mm -hmm. And he mentioned a little bit of this, I think on his episode, but, um, but I made him up. I actually put his application in for him. I said on the day day it was due, I said, have (laughs) you put your application? He said, no. And he showed me the envelope and it was sitting right there. And I'm like, well, what are you doing? The office closes in like a half an hour. (laughs) So he drove from my residence, over across campus to go and I put it in for him and said to him, look, I said, if you decide you don't want to, that's fine. I said, but you have to be like quality assurance here. I said, if you don't apply, who the heck, like who could we get that would coach me? I said, if you Mm -hmm. do apply, they have to keep the standard up of somebody that's won this many high school championships, this many provincial teams, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so So, yeah, that's why I did it is from a quality assurance standpoint. Um, (laughs) And we know that he was kind of the second choice and it all ended up working out. But Mm -hmm. um, that's how kind of him coaching me at that level was. Um, He understood me very well. So he was definitely a comfort zone piece. Um, I understood him. um, So when he used to go ask me to go tell the ref, I shouldn't use the language that he used, but... But go ask the ref why the beep beep is he making this beep beep call and tell him to do different things. I would just be like, okay, and I go talk to the ref about something else, and then come back to my dad and talk to him. And he's like, "What did he say?" I'm like, "Yeah, don't worry." Nothing you want to hear, yeah. So I was a buffer a little bit. I think
0: back Um, when captains were actually allowed to talk to refs. Now captains are just not a thing anymore. Oh, really? There's no handshake before the game. Oh no, like it's nothing. Yep, no. I didn't know that. Like if you have captains. At the high school level, they're just whatever you want to do with them internally in your own culture and program. Like, there's no... Yeah.
1: Is that from a... What's the reasoning for that?
0: I'm not totally sure, to be honest. Uh, I don't know if FIBA, like, if FIBA has a thing about it. But, yeah, we we have modified, like, we're combo FIBA rules. It's kind of weird. But, yeah, there's no, like... Like, a kid is not allowed to be like, um, excuse me, sir, or ma'am, like, am I... There's no, yeah, no handshakes, a, no.
1: Really? I think that's interesting. a good life lesson to learn how to talk to a ref properly. That's I actually a good <laughs> I agree. Have.
0: So then as a coach, like at the high school level, it's like, okay, we have these captains. What, like, how do we find value in them? And, you know, like we let our kids vote and they pick the captains, but, and we still work with them. And we talk about what a captain looks like, but it becomes more of a floor game management thing than it does anything else, right? It's interesting so interesting yeah sidebar for you there (laughs) so then your dad's like uh telling you to swear at the refs and that was about it like it just worked well it was good yeah no
1: he I mean like I said he knew me well he knew there's I'm lucky again for there's a lot of players these days and young athletes that dread the drive home um, Mm -hmm. because of the state of youth um, sports Mm -hmm. and where it's gotten to and parents involvement in different things. I used to, I used to be calmed down by my drives. I used to like, I was nervous. I remember this was more in high school, but I was nervous. And, um, we were playing against new West and, and the coach that, um, used to coach, he used to do a bunch of different junk defenses and whatnot. So I was like, I'm nervous. Like, I don't know what he's going to pull out, what he's going to do. And he looks at me, he's like, if we hit 10 threes, we're fine. You hit three or four. So-and-so will hit three or four. Like, and and I looked at him ten. I'm like, oh, we can do that. I'm like, it's that's that's good. Okay, like mm-hmm. he just knew kind of what to say, um, and knew how much to push buttons, um, and and then when to kind of give space and and whatnot as well.
0: Love it. All right, so we go we go to uh, the home of Vegemite, all the way to Aussie Land. How does that go? Um, what's that like? You talked about being a homebody you know, Abbey life, going home on the weekends and then doing that as a young woman, like how, you know, what were the hards, the goods, the in-betweens and, and what did you learn? And was, and obviously it was worth it. It was great school. And yeah.
1: For sure. It was the, it was the first big, actually, I guess there was two, me going to Heritage Park was probably my first out of my comfort zone a little, I knew the Heritage Park people, but leaving my cohort of, of very close friends and high school friends was big. So that was my first kind of leap. Mm-hmm. But this was my my second leap. Again, going to university wasn't a leap for me because I knew it. I was familiar with it. <laughs> sure. yeah.
2: Um,
1: but going to university for my master's across the world was. And I probably lost a bit of my identity in that too. Nobody knew I played basketball. Nobody cared I played basketball. I wasn't
2: mm-hmm.
1: I wasn't there. I ended up playing basketball there, but that was just a side fun bar. It wasn't my identity of who I was. So it was the mm-hmm. first time I was by myself on the other side of the world. With nobody linking me to to basketball, so um it was interesting again, like the programming was very good. Our class was fantastic. um we had twenty four people, eight I was of them gonna say, was it was a small yeah. yeah, 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 it was a graduate entry masters. so, mm-hmm. so there were twenty four of us, eight of us um were from from Canada, eight people from oh, like really.
2: Four- Perth,
1: yeah. Um, and then there was eight others that were international from around. So everyone kind of supported everybody. Age cool. ranged from like 18 years old to 41 years old. There's somebody that had a second career sort of thing. So yeah. wow. that was a pretty special group as well. Cool. Um, and I still keep in touch with, with people from there. Um, very, very cool group of, of people for sure.
0: That's awesome. Um, how was Australia?
1: I loved it. I almost yeah. stayed Perth. Yeah. Perth is beautiful. There's a lot mm-hmm. of water between the two rivers um, and and the coast, obviously, with the beaches. beaches, it gave me a dif- different definition of what a beach um was as well <laughs> uh, <laughs> while I was there for sure. <laughs> um and and again, like I played a little bit of basketball when I was there. I played um for a cup, club team initially when I was searching because I was like, this would be a good way to to connect with people, socialize and, and have something other than school. Mm -hmm. Um, but the coach just, it wasn't fun. Actually, um, Mm -hmm. there was yelling involved and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I don't need this. I've retired. (laughs) I don't, I don't need this. And so I retired again. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I was at the gym, um, one day and somebody recognized me from that team and said, Oh, you played point guard. Didn't you I was like, yeah. And I'm like, but I'm done now. Like, I don't need to play. And she's like, well, our point guard just did their ACL. Do you mind coming like out for a run? And this lady was like 30 something. And
0: and you're how old?
1: I was 23, 24. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, and so she was like this, it's, she's like, it's different. She's like, there's a bunch of old ladies. She's like, we have an Opals player that used to play. Mm-hmm. Um. And then we had, there was a current, there was a player that would currently play for the Opals as well. Anyway, she's like just come for a run, just come check it out. They were awesome. They were they were a bunch of again we had 16 to to 38 was was the oldest one that played. Wow. Um, but it was a great group of women that were just kind of there for fun. They knew what it was about. Um, that's what I liked about the Australian system was the club system. That was the state basketball league that I played in. Mm-hmm. So it was good basketball um, and mentoring that happened from a 38 year old playing with a girl that's just coming out of high school. That's looking to play and overseas in, in the U S and trying to get contracts over there. Um, so so it was a very unique system to see the mentoring and to see the energy preservation but the smarts and then they have the energy but don't know what they're doing on the court mixing together.
0: Cool. Yeah, I I think we're lacking in BC huge mentorship for a bunch of reasons. I think there's like a club battle a bit. I think um I think we need to find a way to just have like people that have been coaching for a while and just say, Hey, like come to my practice. Like I, I, it's so big and no matter what career you choose, coaching, physio, teaching, it doesn't matter. Like mentors are ginormous. Right. And, um, one of the things I want to try to improve here is definitely finding a way to have people just let their guard down and open the doors and say, come to our practice or yeah. figure it out. Right. Yeah. Um, such a big thing. And I'm sure you felt that in your whole life. Yeah.
1: We um, mentors are huge to me and, and um, my group of mentors that I've had from a physio standpoint, from a female athlete standpoint, um, it is, I'm, I'm very fortunate for it. Um, and I'm very grateful for it, that mm-hmm. those are relationships. One of the, one of my mentors said that you, and one of the themes I would say life-wise that I try to go by is surrounding yourself by people who enhance your life um and so i specifically try to one i understand that mentors don't owe me anything because i believe that there's been a bit of a shift now that somebody's like you're my mentor and you need to give me um information <laughs> yeah and i don't believe in that um uh, but i believe in making connections and preserving those connections and being grateful for them um, and if anyone <laughs> i joke about if anyone's ever kind of my mentor i can i can be a little bit annoying in the sense that i i don't let that connection go i check on them i say how you're doing mm-hmm. um i've said on another podcast before like on international mentorship day i i'll send a note saying thank you and and um so i am very fortunate with that um at sfu we tried to do with some of the alumni um it's called an, it's called impact so individuals um Individuals ment- mentoring, um, our alumni connecting with our, connecting
0: me? together. I was trying to put the impact. Yes. Yeah, so
1: yeah, so yeah. so individual mentors, yeah. players, and alumni connecting together is, oh, okay. is impact. Yeah. So um, we and because we looked at our alumni and we, I'm like we have a, a group of incredible people who have traveled the world, played played at all sorts of different levels career-wise are doing all sorts of different cool things and we need to create open channels and ability for people to reach out. So Brittany Fa- Fraser has done an amazing job with kind of continuing that. I'm an mm-hmm. ideas person and, and like to start the pieces and then I got busy. <laughs> um, so Brittany's helped with that. But mm-hmm. but as you talk about trying to create avenues for people to just have discussions and share stories, because um, that is where young people um that's where you get a vision from if you can kind of see someone else do it and hear their story then you can think that well this is potential that i could do this if that's of interest for them so so i agree mentoring is is huge i think you just have to go about it the right way um and i've had different people reach out with my new job and everything here and and i feel like this generation has changed maybe a little bit cuz i I'll have questions like or I'll ha- i had somebody kind of reach out and say um can can we connect and 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 they're like, well, we don't really have time to connect on the phone, so can you just answer these questions? And they typed me kind of a bunch of questions. Um, which again, if we make time, like we will make time, it just might not happen like right when they're wanting it to happen. But a conversation I can't to-
0: relate to that at all dealing with <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah.
1: A co- a conversation <laughs> to me is far
0: yeah. far more of a connection,
1: it- something I'd love to do as opposed let's do, to let's do type a coffee. in a Word document answering these questions so I feel like things have changed maybe a little bit on that front and I'm a bit old school um, with the mentoring philosophy around pieces but but I want to share as much as I can um and I owe I owe that information because of the amazing mentors that have shared with me um Mm -hmm. so I need to do a better job and kind of continue to try to do that more
0: As we say on the show often, uh, 9.09 on a Saturday, we're going to church here. She's taking us to church with all this. This is great. I love it. Um, And you are correct. Uh, That's not old school. How can you possibly have a mentor that you don't actually physically connect with? Or just like even on the phone, like you can't, how do you get mentorship through an email or a reply? Like that just doesn't happen. And it's awesome that you're willing to say like, sorry. I these are great questions, but let's find a time in three months to talk about it, or I'll figure it out and we can talk on the phone while I'm waiting for the you know to fly back on this road trip or whatever it is. But um, Australia wraps up, and then tell us about the next phase in your life. Like how where where does someone apply? How does the ball roll? What do we do? So you finish this degree, right? I'm in Perth. I feel like I maybe want to stay and surf and do whatever, but. How do you, how do you take the next phase in life and, and uh, go from there?
1: So I came back and I actually started coaching again because I couldn't work um, right away because I had to do some Canadian boards and everything um, coming back from Australia. Mm -hmm. So there was a delay in that, in that process. Um, so I came back and, um, helped, um, SFU out again, assist coaching wise and, um, Then I started to uh, so Greg Bay, who was my my mentor and the reason why I became, he was the first person I wanted to work for when I first came back. So I worked Mm -hmm. in Abbotsford for him um, and his wife Jen Bay, who's amazing as well. Um, So I worked there initially, um, and then I started getting into Pilates actually, because in Australia Pilates is a big portion of core and how the Australians teach that and, Mm. and. so I started doing my Pilates training, um, <clears throat> and eventually ended up at Treloar, um, physiotherapy who Deb Trelor and Carol Kennedy, um, and Bill Treloar are the owners. And, and it's a family, um, family feel and amazing, amazing mentors. Again, um, they invested a lot of time, um, in me and, and I still have connections. Like I said, I talked to Deb, um, quite recently, unfortunately, Carol passed away just recently, um, mm. but I used to talk to her um, even up to recently as well. So um, she will be massively missed, and she's she's been incredible in many many physios' lives. But um, then I from there went to Fortius, um, and that was Rick Celebrini, um, and Rick gave me my first vision of the type of physio that I wanted to be, even before I went to physio school. So him and um, what does that mean? Him and Steve Nash were working up at SFU in the gym um, and they had a treatment table. And so Rick would treat him um, and then they would get up and they would relate right onto the court um, what kind of they were trying to get what their what their effect physiological changes that they were wanting to do to the body. And Mm -hmm. then they would take it and they do some exercise and then they put a basketball in his hand and they'd relate it right to the court. So that was the first exposure Mm -hmm. that I saw.
0: Makes sense, hey? of,
1: (laughs) Of what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um so I went up to him and I I've told this story on a podcast before but um I went up to him and I said can I uh, can I ask you a few questions and and Rick stepped back and Steve Nash stepped forward and I said sorry Steve I'm actually talking about Rick can I ask him a few questions <laughs> and so Rick was surprised and yeah, came forward and <laughs> I got his email um then and the significance was that of that was again as a mentor You have different mentors throughout your life that share knowledge, that open doors for you, that create opportunities. Um, And Rick was is and was definitely one of those. And he brought me to Fortius um, and a lot of things changed kind of in my career path um, coming to Fortius. And then fast forwarding to now, he's who brought me to Golden State Warriors as well. um, And I'm grateful for for that.
0: case you didn't know, our second sponsor, ATO Basketball a.k.a. A.T.O.B. Ball located directly at the Langley Event Center in British Columbia. This place has everything you need. I swear if you walk in and you're a hoop head, there's nothing you won't be able to find. Sale items, Jordan, Adidas, Puma, you name it. The brands are all there. Shoes, jerseys, retro, current, Vancouver Bandits, you can even get every basketball you name. Shout out to our boy Jeff at ATOB Ball for willing to be a sponsor to us. Go check them out. Check the store. Mention us. And who knows, you might find yourself lucky. Thanks to ATOB Ball. I love it because I I think too, like um, I had microfracture, knee surgery. Um, back in the day. Like I think Amari, like Penny Hardaway were the only ones. Um, and my buddy Jake McCallum, who he was friends with Tyler Wallace, who was like a trainer for the Suns, and he sent me Amari's thing. So like, I got the microfracture, and like God bless, like, um, um, is it McKechnie? He did it. Alex, yeah, Alex, Alex did it, right? And you know, it was kind of just like no weight bearing, do this. And then he sent me like Amari's program. It was like on the bike and like just a couple things, like sliding my leg on the ground to get my mobility back. And then, so it's just interesting to like that progressive thinking, right? Because I don't know, like growing up as a basketball player, sometimes I'd go to physio and I'm like, what am I, am I really paying for this? Like, what am I doing? Like I'm doing these very basic things with some gel and then some stretches. And then I think, you know, Rick, And Steve obviously had a great connection. And then when you saw Steve for who he was as a person, just this little white dude and the longevity that he had because his body was able to keep up, I mean, wow. And that's so dope that you flexed on Steve Nash and said, actually, I want to talk to Ricky boy here. That's amazing. Um, But at the same time too, you go to Fortius, and if it doesn't, like if you're not good at what you do, the doors don't keep opening, right? Like, you won't say it, but like, obviously there's a passion and a drive and you're very good at what you do to open that door. So um, kudos to you. And you say like, oh yeah, this led to like the Golden State Warriors, but like, how does that door open? Like, do you just send a resume or like you did for your dad, you drive it up to the door? (laughs) How does one crack? Because the NBA is a weird thing. Like, There is this fraternity thing, right? No matter what, what you do. We've had former coaches, coaches that have been in like come and gone. It's, it's a interesting organization, but how does one open that door as a female working with six foot five, seven, eight males who are physically dominant humans and like, wow, we really trust this person. Like, how does that happen? I think it's, I think it's super, super dope. So I said I 400 think- things, sorry.
1: I was just going to say, I think there's a few layers to what you just said there, but
0: I'm trying to set it up for you. To- you know, the hamster's ready. Come on. <laughs> Feed us, girl.
1: Um, I think <laughs> I, again, I talk about themes and you laugh at me. Um, but <laughs> one piece is I had a client say to me that, that you've got luck um, and it really bothered me the way they said that because I didn't like the word luck and so I started researching and looking into different definitions of luck um because this this client was actually like I valued his opinion and and whatnot and so when he kind of said it I was like I gotta understand that a little bit more like so so Oprah Winfrey talked about um prepared about luck and perseverance, beating opportunity. And so, so basically being ready. And so one piece I think is working hard. So you are ready when opportunities arise.
2: Mm.
1: So I think that's one element to it, but I think another element I talked about the no fear, um, and kind of, of rank and, and kind of putting yourself out there a little bit sometimes. So Again, fortunate that Rick, um, Rick called that
0: vulnerability call. on uh, Hoop's journey. Vulnerability, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep.
1: Um, but I think like so, Rick called and, and asked about coming to Fortius, and and my plan was to kind of eventually own Trellor. So that was, it oh. was, I was very shocked by it. It was kind of an emotional leaving there. They've done so much for me. Um, and now I'm going to go leave and and go to Fortius. And I said to Rick, I said, "Well, in in what capacity? Like I can like I can volunteer. I can do this." And he said, "Well, no, as a clinician." And I was I was surprised by it because um, I I was still a fairly young clinician at that stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but by Rick kind of opening that door for me there, that's where I came across Alex McKechnie. Um, and Alex was a mentor for Rick, and Alex is a mentor for numerous different physios as well as Rick has been. Now we have myself, Marilyn, Alex, Rick, Steph, and Courtney. So five or six um, physios that are all in the MBA. Who's the
0: girl in Brooklyn?
1: Uh, Steph Steph Rizzo.
0: So Rizzo, Um, her, I want to say her mom, maybe her mom. She was our like financial lady at our school.
1: Oh, cool. Very cool. Yeah,
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, Adelia Rizzo yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah yeah so she was in charge of the books when i first started teaching at stm and then like okay. some of our old yeah. teachers are like did you know her daughter is like the physio for the brooklyn Nets?" i'm like what like
1: yes yeah, yeah. sorry
0: to cut you so, off yeah
1: no no so stuff yeah. again i'm fortunate to have have kind of been able to learn from all of these, from Steph, from Maryland, Maryland's with the Spurs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so, so to have that network and kind of everyone kind of being from Burnaby in this area, um, mm-hmm. thanks to Alex, thanks to Rick, thanks to Marilyn, everybody kind of mentoring and kind of connecting together.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: that brought me into that hub in, in at Fortius basically. And Alex would bring the Raptors there in the summertime um, right. to do different training camps. And I was working on a presentation. I was writing something and working and Alex's, Alex is very outgoing and very generous with his time. He goes and introduces himself to anybody and everybody. He's very social. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, what are you working on? And I told him what I was working on. I said, well, I've been an athlete. I've coached. Um, and now being a physio, I see the game in kind of a different way a little bit, I feel like, because I know how how we should move for certain muscles to work. Um, and I know we have athletes that come in and say like, oh, my Achilles is sore or, or I have a calf strain, but we have coaches that are telling you to get up on your toes. So, so aligning those two things so that coaches have a little bit of an understanding of what we're talking about from a physio standpoint would be a good prevention thing. And he looked at me and he said, I'd do that talk with you. And I was like, and again, I'm a little bit fearless in that <laughs> respect that I was like, oh, you shouldn't have said that because I am I can be very annoying. Um, long story short, we have done clinics. <laughs> we are still doing clinics. We have a clinic um, this summer, August 1st, we're going to be doing um, at B-Ball Nationals for coaches. So we've kind of developed a business together. At where? At B-Ball Nationals in Vancouver. Um, Up here.
0: Nice. Yeah. At the LAC. Yeah
1: on, yeah, on August 1st, we're going to be doing it. So... Um, so that was kind of how you
0: heard it, people.
1: That, that was how the whole um business evolved originally. Um, was just out of kind of a thought around kind of connecting and kind of getting more preventative and empowering coaches um to kind of think outside the box a little bit um mm-hmm. on some things. So I think that's how the door opened to the MBA. Um Alex mm-hmm. was the one that he brought me in. Um, he was smart too. He had me shoot with the guys. He had me, um, do ball handling stuff. So you talked about how does a six, five earn respect. He never Mm -hmm. told them I played. He just said, why don't you go play three up against her? And then I'd hit some shots and they were like, what's happening. Um, so I think, (laughs) I think knowledge of the sport and being able to talk about it. mm -hmm. Um, and, and and kind of showing them a little bit that you, that you did play. I think that helps to build some of that credibility and dialogue with them for sure. Um, But Alex, Alex, I said, can I, I was actually upset and kind of teary and, and said, I like, I need you to stop. Like I'm a mom. I have two kids. I can't, I can't work in the NBA. Like we travel, we do. um, I know you think this is a perfect fit and this is where I belong, but, but Mm -hmm. this doesn't happen. I don't know of any other female physios that are on the road that have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, come to Toronto for 10 days. If you can do that, then you can work in the NBA. He's like, a road trip is 10 days long. So if you can be away from your kids for 10 days, then you can do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I did that. I did that in 2019. And you're 2000. married at this point? Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep. Um, so I did that in 2019, the year they won. I went there in, in February, um, of course you did. Jan- January, February, <laughs> um, and shadowed them and again, left in tears. And Alex is like, would you stop crying already? <laughs> um and he's like, what's the matter? What did I do? And I said, nothing. It was just, it was perfect. I loved it.
0: Um mm.
1: I loved it too much. Um so that's kind of where the initial flame of the thought of it, like he's the one that made me kind of open my ideas to it. Um mm. and then Rick had heard that I'd also been talking to Alex a little bit. Um and and he had left um, for and took in Jerry Ramajita and some other mentors and stuff with him. Um, and, and yeah, he, he said, um, that he might circle back at some point and, and he did circle back. Um, so I was very, very lucky, um, and always grateful to Rick, um, for all the opportunities and education that he's given. And, um, he's doing a great job at Golden State and, I'm lucky, very lucky, um, to be able to work for that organization and for him, um, under the medical and performance. So
0: first question, did you get to rub elbows with Johnny Lee a bit when you were in Toronto?
1: Johnny Lee's great. I am what a guy. He is great. I heard a great story from Jay Triano, um, Mm -hmm. about him and I hadn't met Jay. That's the other part you talked about JAMA and how many common people we know. Mm -hmm. I hadn't met, you Jay never met Jay either Wow! just this yeah. last so before not during playoffs when we were playing in this year but yeah but before um we met and and obviously knew a lot of people Alex was his physio um yeah. and he was at SFU and there was a lot of commonality. and he told a great story about about Johnny Lee and when he used to work with them and um about Canada and where jerseys should go and, and how jerseys should go on the table and not on the floor. And he, yeah, it was a great, great story. So.
0: Yeah. We had Johnny on Johnny when he, when it was bubble, the bubble. Ah, yeah yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, he like got really emotional about his job and everything. So it was cool. Yeah.
1: So, so tell us what, it, of- pardon me. I said, yes, he's very good at what he's done, what he yeah. does. Um, and very passionate, um, I just got exposed to some of the passion pieces through some of the stories of Jay more so. Um, yeah. And I haven't been around him a ton, but mm-hmm. um, but I've heard a lot of positive things um, about what he does for sure.
0: So we talked to a lot of people about um, maybe going from high school to division one or division one to pro and those first few days, what are the first few days like when you walk onto the campus of the golden state warriors and how do you pretend like you're feeling confident or what's your go to the hamster wheel like how does it go
1: yeah i think um, are you like
0: a bringing on mfers or like what's your you know, you
1: know there yeah. there's a lot of observing um yeah. there's definitely a lot of observing um and and
0: cuz it's a unique thing like um what you're doing, too, is like, you still have to find a way, I'm guessing, to build connections and relationships. So like, maybe someone's not even hurt yet, but you kind of got to come over and be like, how are you, you know, like, how are you today? Chat them up, like, just give a moment. Not that they feel like annoyed by it, but sort of like you have to force yourself so that if if it does come to it, I don't know, maybe I'm jumping to conclusions, but it's an interesting role in the sense of. You start that job. No one really knows you. You get introduced, probably. But then, how do you go from there? You got to really dig into the the toolbox, probably.
1: Um, I was am I wrong? I was fortunate. So, so that's what a good leader does as well. Like, so Rick yeah. um, through meetings and stuff also introduced and and gave people a heads up that I was coming. That I was a coach's daughter. That mm-hmm. she's coming from Canada. There were mm-hmm. other Canadians there. So Carl Bergstrom was there. Jerry Ramajita was there, who's a huge mentor of mine, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was lucky to have that piece of it. And, and to be honest, I wasn't, I wasn't looking, I wasn't going to go anywhere in the NBA. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't going to do that to my family, put them through the move. Um, so I knew that there was a special group of people at Golden State. And so that's Mm -hmm. why, why I did what I did. Um, Mm -hmm. but again, there's also incredible, especially at that organization. And I can't speak for other organizations, but but their professionalism is 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 great. They they came and they make you feel welcome. Um. So mm. so they come and and they've had chats and and Rick had all those forward conversations so that somebody would come up and know what to talk to me about and right talking about basketball and your dad as a coach is an icebreaker in any. <laughs> in any scenario. Um, Mm -hmm. And so like Steph, the first time he kind of walked by me, he's like, so you were a point guard, um, kind of more of a scorer or more of a assist person. What did you, so, so those conversations were easier um, because of the work that Rick did before I got there.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, like, regardless of the success the Warriors have had and how they've built their, like I, from an outside perspective, you get that feel. Like, I just think, like, I don't know, I follow cultures. I I don't read a lot. But if I do, it's usually about leadership or sports. And so, like, you just get that vibe. When you hear Steve Kerr talk, you kind of understand that it filters down. Like, you kind of get the vibe of, like, what the Warriors are all, all about. And then when they get on the court and play, you're like, hmm, yeah. Like, Perfect. it all makes sense, you know? Perfect. Yeah.
1: And Steve, Steve and Bob Myers and, and, and they, they do that. They invest in people and, and they, they do, they care about who you are. And,
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: I, that was one piece that was palpable was because they hadn't had a great season the year before with my first year, the, there was, there was a cool edge and a cool, cool hunger that was palpable on those first couple days, um, of, mm. of training camp when we were kind of there and, um, yeah. Steve came over and introduced himself and whatnot, but he said, look, we have another Canadian. He's like, that doesn't mean I have to like you just because you're Canadian and Rick's brought another, <laughs> another one in. So, mm-hmm. um, again, they, they were, they were great and, and very welcoming.
0: So mm-hmm. That's awesome. And so what now? Just take some time, get ready to go. What do you got here? Like nine, 10 weeks? Like, are you even counting like that? Like, <laughs>
1: Um I'm I'm still working. Like so we have mm-hmm. draft workouts and stuff now. We have yeah. we have shorter days and, and whatnot, but yeah. um I'm working for the next little bit and then I've got some time off that I'll be going back up to Vancouver to see family and and bring the kids to August see their 1st. friends. And August and then 1st. yes, I'll be running so we'll be doing some clinics and stuff um up there in some some different formats. So awesome. Um then I'll be back down here for August, um, most the majority of August, and then then we'll start up again. But Um, it's been nice to, to have a little bit of downtime and some time to reflect, um, on things. And there's lots for me to learn, um, lots and lots. And so I have, have some goals now that there's been some time on some things that I want to get better at. And, and again, lots of that writing and, and the reflection time. Um, one piece I think that, that I'm really trying to work on this year is being able to stay in the moment a little bit more. Um, Mm. we talked about Shibumi, Shibumi means self-actualization. And so, Mm um that's something that i'm fairly high in but a negative to that can be just going on to the next thing and moving and and not stopping and kind of appreciating where you are a little bit um mm-hmm. and i think it's i'm trying really hard whether that's kind of in family situation whether that's in work to try to just appreciate some of the opportunities that i have which are incredible um and be grateful for them and just live in the moment and not worry about kind of future of 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 what happens next week and, and all of that. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: um doing my best to learn and, and elevate um, and get better at what I do um, and kind of trust in the process a little bit that things will fall in places as, as they should.
0: My wife travels a ton for work as well. Um, she's, she left Thursday and she's coming back Wednesday. She's basically been traveling every second weekend. Um, so you obviously have a good partner too, who, is there and supports talk a little bit about women in sport and just sort of um I think it's super dope I think it's amazing that we're in a place where you are where you are and you know you can find a man who's can take care of things when you're gone and everything's cool and whatever but just sort of I don't know like we need more we need more of this and there's we're getting better um, trying to get more really great women on the, on the podcast too, to just, you know, share their story. The WNBA is getting better. Um, but just sort of, do you feel that? Do you sense it? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Am I off? Like, do you even think about it? Or you just wake up every day, like a bulldog, like I'm going like, you know, tell us a little bit about that and what you think.
1: Um, I think, I don't notice it as much because I wouldn't say the NBA was the first piece like I think even at Fortius again mm-hmm. there's a lot of men in in physiotherapy and and sure. sporting physiotherapy. Um, so I don't notice it as much. I think it's probably an adjustment for them to be honest. Mm. Um, more so getting used to us having us around <laughs> <laughs> um, than, than me getting used to them um, necessarily. But there are times when I'll look in the gym and there's o- over 40 people in it and and I'm the only female that's there. Mm-hmm. Um, we have um, a great um, massage therapist that that's on the road traveling with us, so, she, so she's part-time. Um, we have a dietitian as well that's part-time that's a female. Um, so so there's more to that that's, that's evolving, um, which is exciting and great. Um, there's, um, Hannah Herring, she's in our analytics department. Um, and her and I went and played in, um, an all male, it's called San Quentin, um, a jail in in San Francisco. And so we were the first females to play in that game. Hannah's, Hannah's, young and great <laughs> she can kick <laughs> my butt um and she can shoot the lights out she's she's awesome but it's super fun to scrimmage and play with her because we do that with staff still nice. um so it's so that piece is fun to have her around as well um
0: how's the jumper her jumper yours
1: yeah well i never yeah. really had a jumper to be honest more of a
0: grinder <laughs> eh? like you're like a 12 12.10 assist it's, yeah we yeah, don't yeah. really
1: get off get off the ground too much um <laughs> but <laughs> But, um, but it's still fun to get out and run with her um and and some of the other guys and stuff too. So, yeah, so i I don't see it as that. Um I do think it's a, ch- a challenge um more so that from a female than the female standpoint, it's it's more the mom standpoint. um one piece that of balancing being away. um, I'm very grateful for my parents, and I know the impact they have on raising me. and mm the opportunities they gave um Mm -hmm. and i again to be honest it's hard to oh no i'm gonna get a little bit um it's okay hard to find the balance of pursuing your dreams um with creating opportunities for your kids and being there and being impactful so
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um my dad's been really good around kind of communicating quality um versus quantity sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. and I need to get better with that too. Cause it's hard to kind of shut off your work brain and come in and tired and stuff too. So that's one of the things I'm trying to get better at as well mm-hmm. as a mom, um, is, is how coming in off of getting off of a flight at two 30 in the morning and, and getting up for school to take them at seven in the morning, but yet you have to go to work after that most mm-hmm. of the day. So, um, Anyways, there's still lots to learn in that department. I'm they they've been down here for a year now, so I'm only one year in. So I'm trying to be a little bit gentle with myself on the learning curve. But but I know I have um, some stuff to learn how to balance that for sure.
0: I can totally. Um, I appreciate the vulnerability. I know the last thing you wanted to do was cry on this podcast, but I
1: didn't uh, slowly cry. I,
2: I held you didn't. It
0: back. Oh, sorry. Yep, yeah, she didn't. I, I never saw I it. Um, yeah,
2: yeah, it yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Hold it back. Um, <laughs> But I could like, it's the same. Like I tell my wife, I'm like, you go away for five, six days for work. Like your job is not to be like Epic mom. It's just your presence. You know, like, I think there's a lot to be said for that. It's just you being there and, and we're going to be okay while you're gone. We'll survive. But there's still, it's hard. It's hard as a mom to just let that go and think like, well, he's probably not giving them enough strawberries or vegetables in their lunches, you know what I mean? Or just whatever the hamster wheel is saying, but you know, also just like you are impacting your kid's life because you're setting a prime example of being a strong, like hardworking woman who's going for what they want, you know? So there's more to it than just being away and they'll be even more grateful for the times you're home. And, and, um, respect you for the time that you're away. So, I don't know. A little bit of a twist there, but I don't know. I wouldn't beat yourself up too bad about that. I think you're um sending a lot of good vibes to your kids.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting for them to see the different phases that you travel through and
2: mm-hmm.
1: kids don't understand the piece like if we're talking about women and careers, like having a family in my mind takes 5 years kind of away from your career between mm-hmm. being pregnant, like I was very morning sick like
2: mm-hmm
1: you're not creative. You're not, you're not, ex, <laughs> you're not climbing the ladder or whatever in yeah. that state. You're tired from a newborn, you're pregnant, and then you have a second one. Mm-hmm. And so roughly kind of five years or so, it, it, it takes that, um, it takes that amount of time. And we talked, this whole podcast has been about basketball and I, I've gotten some amazing things from basketball, from traveling across the world, to my education, to, Learning what good culture is, work habits, all those sort of things. Passion, confidence. My career, I think, I owe to that. I don't think I honestly would have gotten the job for Golden State. I think a piece of it was the fact I played. Um, mm. I think that helps quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I think. Um, I think at different times I, I lost that. So being a mom, like I totally disconnected from the basketball community, and so to come full circle with my career, to come back to basketball. Being able to work in a gym where I felt comfortable, where I was crawling around as a baby, mm-hmm. um, I think is is a, a cool and neat a neat thing. And just understanding in life that it does ebb and flow. Where having kids and and giving up pieces for them kind of early on, um, you can lose yourself a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And and everything I felt comfortable with, sport and basketball, and and I, if you ask people like, again, I was treating as a physio and I don't think I had any basketball athletes. Like I was like, what, what am I doing? Like, like, Mm -hmm. like I need to reconnect. I need to refocus to kind of some of my main focuses that I have in life. Um, and basketball was a big part of me. So, um, I kind of feel back at home with some of that, of being back in the gym. Um, and and the kids enjoy it. The kids, the kids get to be around a gym now way more than, than they certainly did in their early lives. Um, Ollie and I play basketball and it's almost been a connection piece for us. Um, nice. because he he thinks it's cool, my job and, and so does my daughter. So
0: mm-hmm. it's a full hoops journey. It is. You're literally the theme of the, the podcast. And at the end of the day too, like give yourself some credit. Like if you, I don't know if you were kind of a A donkey, or not a nice person, or not good at your job, things wouldn't have, the cards wouldn't have fallen for you, you know? So you've worked hard, you've treated people well, you've taken yourself seriously, and good things come to those who deserve it, I think. You know, like if you treat people well and respect mentors and work hard and make connections, you know, like usually it ends up okay. So, um, yeah, there's lots there.
1: I appreciate it um again and and there's always conscious pieces of of getting better at at things, but sure uh, but <laughs> but I think that's another piece is you just have to know what you don't know um and that's a big one that Rick kind of taught me um of having the confidence to say pieces that you don't know um mm-hmm. but then working your butt off to know it and get better at it um. Yeah. But but that's a big um, component of where I'm at now. I'm in a new environment and I need to keep working and, and getting better, um, both mm-hmm. both at home with the kids and, and at work as well. So um, that's our kind of next stages and next
2: steps.
0: Truth. I tell my <laughs> wife all the time like I'm, I' like I, I can't believe I've been teaching for like 18 years. I'm like, what the heck? And I, I tell her all the time I say, if I come home like that grumpy, crusty teacher, you know, slap me upside the head, tell me to read a book, you know, just sort of keep me fresh. Cause it, you know, you're still young in your warrior's career, but you've got years. And I think it's all about growth and development and it shouldn't end right. Your dad's still growing and developing as a coach. He's adapting, he's adapting to the young women that he's coaching and he has to. Right. And so it's no different. So.
1: My brain loves to stay curious and (laughs) like you said, lifelong learner of things and Mm -hmm. Um, I also like the piece you talked about with Alex, like the creativity of having core aim and being able to develop presentations. And mm-hmm. I think I've learned that that's an important piece that my brain still needs. So um, <laughs> I enjoy that learning piece as well. Um, mm-hmm. And and it keeps keeps things fresh and and keeps challenging you as well.
0: Love it. The best part about this podcast is not everybody's had the opportunity to meet me and I haven't been able to meet you in person. But if you know me, you know I have the body of an Adonis. But I also like a cold beer. Head to Parkside. Support our guys. Find them in the local government stores. Whatever you got to do. If you're at a pub or a bar locally, ask if they're on tap. Give them some love. Our guy Sam and the people there have been so good to us. We can't say enough. We hope to see a parkside. Okay, let's do some fun stuff and get you on your way. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay. We're all over the place here. Uh catch up on macaroni. How do we feel about that?
1: <laughs> I have the same answer to my dad on that one, because we don't <laughs> I don't do craft dinner macaroni. We do like baked like a casserole almost. Oh, you
0: like breadcrumbs and do it all? Yeah.
1: um, Different types of cheeses and layers. And that's one thing my dad can actually cook pretty good. My mom's a great cook, um, amazing cook. And so, so my dad's very lucky and I was very lucky, but my dad can do a mac and cheese. um, And so I put fresh tomatoes on that, like my mom, instead of, instead of ketchup.
0: Fresh tomatoes? No. Like small diced, or how are we doing that?
1: Chunk, chunky, chunky. Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow, I feel like that might not be bad.
1: It's good. It's very good. Yeah. My kids do it all the time. My kids don't do craft dinner either because, again, now they've done my mom's mac and cheese. Like so, so it's they know it's generation. like yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I think I saw I saw like a um, a meme or have the other day It was like um, you know. My treat the other, when I was a kid was McDonald's. Now my kids treat is like fricking uh, steak dinner and something else. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. elevated, right? <laughs> um Okay. You and whoever you want to take best seat in the house. What concert are we going to?
1: I'm going to, again, probably repeat more from, from a, I'm going to do Bruce Springsteen but it's more sentimental cuz my whole family, my uncles, my dad, it's a thing in the Langford family. Um I I want my son Ollie to go to a Springsteen concert with his grandpa before like so it's more of a sentimental we're going to Springsteen.
0: He's touring, eh?
1: Yeah, my dad's got it all booked
0: up and Of course he does. <laughs> I
1: think I tri- and he's coming to San Francisco. He's coming to Chase, but that means we're going to be on the road, so Ollie oh. is hopefully going to go with my dad when they come to San Francisco.
0: So my mom, God rest her soul, favorite artist of all time. She had like the four disc, like whatever it was, and I was like, I'd love to take me and Reagan to go see Springsteen, but like five hundred bucks a pop. So I like reach out to everybody I know. I know like the head of security at Rogers Arena. I was like doing everything I can. They're like, can't budge on Springsteen, man. I'm like, <laughs> shoot, like I can't take out a mortgage for that. So yeah, Ollie's gonna love it.
1: Yeah, he better. I was just going yeah, you you to better, better. better understand yeah. how important that is. Right. Um, yeah, it'll be just a special for my dad. So that's cool.
0: cool. Love it. Who have been some of the most important people in like your life? I mean, you've touched on a lot, but, uh, are we missing anyone?
1: My kids. Um, yeah. I think, I think they are both very unique in who they are. Um, mm-hmm. and one has an abundance of energy and, and challenges me and <laughs> challenges me to be better. Um, I think anybody that makes you kind of reflect a ton and that you want to adapt for and change how you act um, kind of shows how much you love them. Wow. And, That's and very well
0: said, um,
1: and, and then Maddie, my, my other one, she she's calming. Um, and she Mm. has a presence that that they both have their superpowers in different ways. Um, (laughs) but she can, she can calm me and, and, um, again, there's a lot going on. So it's interesting when you can relate to a seven-year-old and the impact that she can have on you and kind of a rock formation. Um, Mm -hmm. it's very interesting. So yeah, definitely, definitely my kids.
0: I think Ollie and my son, Eli would get along very well they would probably not get along cause they're very similar. So yeah, I hear you girl. Um, okay. It's you four players. You're on the blacktop. Obviously I'm going to guess that your dad's the coach, but if it's, if I'm wrong in that, but like who you take it could be former teammates, anybody, Anybody. it's your world. Like, but it's blacktop. Like we're call your own, you know, like it's, it's different out there. It's windy. You know, we're at the beach. <laughs>
2: Um, wha. and, and, okay. Um,
1: coach. So I'm going to do two. Can I do, can I cheat and do two coaches? You do can do
0: whatever you want. Steve, it's Steve, a, Steve, and my dad are
1: co- Steve and my dad are going to coach. Okay. Um, then we're going to go me. They can't get hurt though.
2: On the no. blacktop.
1: That makes me a little bit nervous. Okay, good. So no, as long no, as we don't get hurt, yeah. we'll go we'll go Steph and Dre based on their, their two person game. Okay. Um, Myself, Julia Wilson, Um, Julia, I played high school university and junior national and university games with, so she's got to be there.
0: Um, Are you the two?
1: uh, I'll give Steph a break. I'll bring the, I'll bring the ball up because he's going to (laughs) get, he needs to save some energy. Sure. Um, And Um, I think we gotta get some more Canadian blood in there. So I think we gotta have three Canadians to two Americans. So Wiggs and his defense and he's gonna stretch people in a three. So I'll take Wiggs as my as my last one.
0: I feel like Wiggs would be good on the black top. He'll just (laughs) he'll just lock up. He'll be like he'll take the best player and lock up.
1: And then like I said, then then we'll have three Canadians and and two Americans.
0: All right, let's make it happen at Kids Beach in the (laughs) summary, yeah. (laughs) Okay, books or movies.
2: I don't both. have time for
1: either. I'll be perfectly honest. Like, wow. Like, like
0: yeah. Your movies kids crappy shows is what you get I come
1: to watch. Home, yeah, when a movie, <laughs> yeah. When I come home, I'm in, I'm doing Disney stuff. Let's yeah. get, like, cuddle up on real. the couch. Yeah. Um, books wise. Um, I listen to like, I'll listen to audio books. Um, okay, let's I- go ahead.
0: How about this? Your choice. You buy yourself blanket movie all time. Is there a movie? or something you go what time to of
1: sea, what time of year is it if it's oh. christmas if it's christmas yeah we're doing holiday or um love okay. actually okay if it's just any time um i quite like remember the titans or blind sides like both of those are remember the Titan. Are left
0: side dress. strong side <laughs> great movie yeah.
1: um and yeah and blind side so
2: yeah those you are have, probably you
0: got, you got it in yeah you got it in you. I like though you're seasonal. That's fair. Do you yeah. watch those crappy like Hallmark?
1: I since I've moved since I've started, I have I honestly don't watch a ton of shows since, yeah. like I put the kids to bed and I go to mm-hmm. sleep and then I wake up <laughs> and I repeat. Um I don't watch I'll I'm tell trying you this. To, you're like, not to turn missing my brain much. off. Well to you're turn not- my brain off. I'm actually trying to do some Netflix episodes, to be honest. Um mm-hmm. in the last week it makes me sleep better to just kind of chill a little bit um sure. so i'm trying to do that but i haven't done a ton of tv at all
0: fair um okay you you're feeling sorry for yourself and munchy you go to get a bag of chips what are you grabbing
1: i always do regular chips um
0: or does regular but, mean like plain yeah okay um, but, but it's just more- salted
1: yeah it's more about the dip, like it's like uh-huh. just the regular for the dip part is more my
0: so what's the go-to dip? we have um, had hell of a good I dip? like
1: I I used used to do that a lot in university. Um, <laughs> but I like the the Asiago um artichoke Ooh. spinach dip. Like Costco has that one. Um and it's warm, like you heat it up and then the cheese melt. That's probably my go-to.
0: Mmm. And you can also do that with like some little like crispy sort of um Healthier option than chips, too.
1: Yeah, I'll do that with veggies. I'll
0: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Last question. Thank you for doing this. Um, who would you like to see on a Hoops Journey? But you have to help us get them on. So who's out there? Good story. Doesn't matter. Someone that would be willing to chop it up with us that won't take a year and a half. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: I, I, kid, I, I, kid, I kid. I kid. I kid. I <laughs> kid.
1: I was going to say Alex McKechnie. Um, mm. It was, was the first one that I was going to say. It might, it might You'd take him a to do it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as you can tell, we're patient. You are patient.
0: Yeah, we're patient here on a hoops journey. Yeah. I got fine. to know
1: you better across the it's time. True. Anyway. Sure.
0: It's true. It's true. Um, I got a video call from you after the white house. I was like, I was like, sheesh, <laughs> did that really just happen? You're like, I'm so feel- sorry. We'll make it happen. I'm like, you're just trying to let me know that you were at the white house. That's cool.
1: No, I wasn't. It's like (laughs) lists of things that you feel guilty that you haven't done. And it's like, oh, Um, no. but uh, yeah, I'll try to, I'll try to help with the Alex front. He likes to tell stories for sure. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And I have a buddy who's three years younger than me and he'll never forget. uh, He went to Centennial one day in the summer for an open run and Shaquille O'Neal showed up Mm -hmm. and he got to play like open gym with Shaquille O'Neal. That's cool because McKechnie was working with it, right? So, yeah. super cool. That'd be awesome. Um, thoughts, last reflections. Can you know? I think your story is so cool. Um, I think it's amazing. Um, you're living. I mean, as exhausting as it is at times, probably sometimes too. On the bus ride back to the airport, you must be like, "Am I really surrounded by these people?" You know. And so, keep working hard and keep doing you keep representing for yourself and, um, nothing but continued success, but any last thoughts or, you know, reflections or anything you want to let the people know?
1: Um, I think we covered a lot. We (laughs) did. If anybody knows me, I do tend to talk people's ear off sometimes. For those people that that will listen, um, no, I appreciate um, being asked to do this. What you've created is very cool. Like you said, you have so many episodes, and and you're great at what you do, and in letting people tell their stories in different ways. Um, so thank you, thank you for bringing the basketball community together um in the way that you've brought us together um, mm-hmm. i think that's uh, again that's very cool what you're doing so keep up what you're doing um and yeah thank you i had some fun um chatting with you and i'm glad we've connected off of this and we'll hopefully keep in touch and and yeah so thank you i'll see, you, I'll see you
0: august 1st
1: me. nice yeah how okay. am i
0: not so how am i not gonna come say hi come on now um,
1: for sure come say hi um it'll be good we've got we've got a good plan together to to help present and stuff. And it'll be great to get physio minds together with coaches and, and collaborate and connect that community. Cause that's a big passion for both Alex and I is, is the, the reason why we did core Aim is to, is to connect, mm-hmm. um, to help elevate youth athlete development essentially, mm-hmm. and, and give tools to people to help youth athletes succeed. Um, you know, sports important for people. We believe sports important for life, lifelong skills um yeah. i've benefited from amazingly you have um and so anything we can do to help the longevity and help like stay fun for kids um is something super cool so that's what we're going to be kind of dealing with on august 1st so yeah it'll be awesome to see you i'm
0: going to message you we need it i need a new dynamic warm-up let's do it because ours are boring Great. as crap anyways amazing <laughs> episode like thank you so much um So many great takeaways. Thank you to our sponsors and we will see you on the next one.